When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You're listening to a Score North podcast right now, and if you're a business owner, so are your customers. In fact, I could be talking about your business right now, telling the tens of thousands of loyal fans about you and sending them to your business. Find out how you can partner with your favorite Score North podcast. Visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Fill out the form, and we'll get in touch with you quickly. Once Phil, Judd, Declan, or others start talking about your company, you'll be amazed at how many fans start showing up. So visit scorenorth.com now and enter keyword partner. Minnesota sports fans, we know all too well how it feels to sign up for a lifetime of purple pain. Welcome to Before We Die with Jesse and Thor on Purple Daily and Score North. What's going on, everybody? This is your second episode of Before We Die, second episode for the week. I should preference, brought to you by Purple Daily and Score North. I'm Jesse Pierce. He's Thor Nystrom. He's Ross Brendel. Boys, we got a big one coming up on Sunday at noon. Detroit visits the Minnesota Vikings, both teams one and one. Thor, on Tuesday, you said that it's going to be a blowout for the Detroit Lions. Are you doubling down on that right now? The Vikings currently favored by six points. I think it's going to be a close one. I think you're delusional, but I think that you're regardless of what you select in in teams. But uh, are you doubling down? Yes, yes. The Vikings are going to win by double digits. The Vikings are about to move to two and one straight up. And against the spread, the Vikings are covering that number. That is a, just a terrible take. I don't know what's worse, that or a Does, Hawkeye's take. I, have, Does, I haven't been wrong yet about the Vikings, I will say. I know. Does the Lions almost always exclusively playing one-score games give you any pause? The, the so Kings far, one no. Score no games? Uh-uh. The Vikings haven't played any one-score games on you the other got, side of it. <laughs> I mean, you have Detroit. Well, one visiting... was a loss. <laughs> <laughs> this one won't be. Detroit visiting, coming in as the second highest offense behind the Buffalo Bills. They beat the Washington Commanders last week, 36-27. Lost to the Philadelphia Eagles, 38-35. A far better game than we saw out of Minnesota. I mean, however, they're allowing like the second most points too. Are they all offense and kind of lacking on the defensive end where they'll be able to really exploit them? I mean, Justin Jefferson, I think, is somewhere in between what we've seen the past two weeks. But is uh, Jeff Akuda, the cornerback who's likely to cover Jefferson, going to be up for that task? I, well, I think we can go even further than that. They're all rushing offense. They, yeah. they're, their passing attack's not very good. They they do have a top five rushing offense in the NFL, I, I think, objectively, by any measure that you want to do it. that That's what the Vikings are going to have to figure out how to shut down. And I think we need to get into the schematics of that because the way that the Vikings have been playing their defense so far does not behoove shutting that down. So they're going to have to make some schematic adjustments uh, to sort of address the, the way that the Vi- or that, that the Lions run the ball. Yeah. But, I mean, outside of that, the, 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 I mean, the Lions have a bad defense. They don't pass the ball particularly well. They're going to funnel the touches to Amon Rasane Brown in the passing game. They're also going to be getting him involved in the run game. But, yeah, I mean, it's it, it definitely is a one-dimensional Lions team for sure. I mean, you had mentioned Amon St. Brown. He 
is absolutely crushing it for Detroit right now. A guy that was named NFC Offensive Player of the Week. A guy that knows the name of every single person that went ahead of him in the 2021 draft. He was a fourth rounder. Uh, that brings us to our first They Said It. St. Brown had this to say, even the commanders, they got a guy before me over there. I believe his name is Diami Brown. I don't know how many catches he had. You guys can probably tell me that or how many yards he had, but I don't forget things like that. I see him across the sideline from where I'm standing during the game. I didn't see him in the game much. I mean, I love the swagger. I love the confidence and he's backing it up. I mean, he is got uh, in the league ranks fourth in receptions, 10th in yards tied for second in receiving touchdowns and is the third player under 23 to score a touchdown in at least six straight games behind Gronk and Da, 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 da. Randy Moss will bring up Randy Moss again a little bit later on. Um, I mean, is he the primary? We know what DeAndre Swift can do. We've seen him in the league for a little bit yet, but is that the primary shutdown uh, for the Detroit Lions offense for the Minnesota Vikings to be successful? Well, it's those two guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, in the passing game, well, you know, and a little bit in the running game because uh, they're going to give the Amonra um, the jet sweeps as well. But yeah, I mean, it's you, you got to address those two things. But if you take Amonra away in the passing game, they literally don't have a passing game. The, you're you're going to give some looks to Hawkinson as well, but they don't have any other receivers outside of that right now until Jamison Williams comes back. And by the way, uh, just as a brief aside, it's really funny, all the ink that was spelled with the, the Vikings trading down with the Lions, and then they traded down with the Packers, with, with Watson, all, all the different trades. And despite that, with, with all the guys involved with it, you had, you had the multiple first-round picks, and you had all the, the second-round picks. Seen has barely played so far. Watson had the drop that, that badly cost the Packers in the first game. And Jameson Williams ain't going to play until November. Andrew Booth, we haven't seen. So it's it's kind of funny that that that, that hasn't really mattered so far. Um, I, I forgot what was the question to get Jesse. I went off on the side. <laughs> I, I love mean, shocking. Thank you for listening to me and everything I have to say. No, yeah. um, I mean, yeah. What are the major threats? Jared Goff. I don't see him as. Oh no, threat, right? Like, I mean, no, at quarterback, at there are way better quarterbacks, way worse quarterbacks, but way better ones. I mean, Jared Goff's not really the threat there. Um, you know, what other things do you think Minnesota is going to really have to focus on? Obviously, they're going to have to do so much better in so many areas than they did Monday night in Philadelphia. But I, I think they're up for the task again. I think this Minnesota Vikings team is somewhere in between the week one Vikings against Green Bay and the week two Vikings against uh, the Eagles. And I think you're you're going to see that. But who else are you narrowing in on Thor and Ross as far as being able to secure this win as you think Thor so handled? It's it's a it's a it's a totally different assignment than the Eagles. The the Eagles offense, there's there's so many different things. They had the loaded receiving core, and then they had the awesome offensive line, and then the the, the dual threat quarterback, where you have to worry about multiple different things with Hurts. And if the offensive line holds up and he doesn't see anything, then he can just take off and steal yards outside of the pocket. With the Lions, it really is just shut down that running game. Now, I mean, the first two opponents haven't been able to do it. And the Vikings have also been getting gouged on the ground. And this goes back to the schematic thing that I wanted to, to talk about. The Vikings so far, and this is something that when we talked about it coming out of the last game, where Ed Donatel needed to look himself in the mirror. So far, the Vikings have been playing with the thinnest boxes in the entire NFL, statistically, playing with the six-man boxes. 
they're they're thirty second in the league. You know, as, as as far as that goes, they can't do that in this game against the Lions because that's what the Lions want to do is is pound the rock. Mm-hmm. The Lions are going to be getting five six yards every single time if the Vikings want to do that two two deep safety thing. You don't have to do that against the Lions because Amon mm-hmm. Saint Brown, their slot receiver, he's not a deep play maven guy anyway. He he's going to nick you in the intermediate sector if you give it to him all day long. The, the Vikings need to now bring the guys forward. Just play the one deep safety, bring bring another guy into the box, and try to crowd the intermediate sector when you're defending the pass. But th- there will there there needs to be a schematic change uh, with regards, especially to the run game, but also in 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 defending uh, Amon Rasain Brown. And I think that you'll see that it would be super stupid for the Vikings to defend the Lions in the same way that they defended the first two teams. How have we made it this far into the podcast and Thor has not brought up the threat that is TJ Hawkinson? Oh, he's on my list. I was working on it. He's on my list. (laughs) The University of Iowa tall and lanky tight end who last year had 61 receptions the year before 67 and his rookie season. I've lost it in front of me, but it was roughly 35 catches. That's a healthy number of catches for a tight end. That's a player I've been expecting to really take the next jump. Mm -hmm. And maybe to both of your points, maybe he will take that next jump someday. Maybe that ceiling's a little bit limited with our guy, Jared Goff at quarterback, but I'm with Thor. If you stop the run and you slow down the run and you make them one dimensional with Jared Goff, trying to find TJ Hawkinson Mm -hmm. and Amon Ross St. Brown, I think the Vikings will be okay, but it's going to it's gonna start with some schematic changes from Monday night into this Sunday with maybe not keeping everybody so far off the line of scrimmage if you're hoping to stop the run game. Well, to dive into those two exact points, you guys, I was going to bring up the tight end TJ Hawkinson, despite my disdain for the former alumni that he is. Um, you know, you saw Dallas Goddard exploit the middle uh with philadelphia i mean that's the type of player that could do this again so again it going back to the schematics ed donatel's commitment to his scheme is what absolutely crushed him i did find it interesting also we all saw the walk-ins run the throw to walk-ins wide open blown coverage and everybody was quick to blame cam bynum yeah apparently it was blown coverage by cam dantzler not cam bynum so dantzler i feel you guys has not been discussed too highly, too praise. He's kind of making some very blatant mistakes. And how important is it going to be for him to be on his best game come Detroit on Sunday? Super duper important. And I'm happy that you brought this up because because we were blaming Bynum. Everyone was blaming Bynum. Yeah. The broadcasters blamed Bynum. All the other writers did. Because that's what it seemed when you were watching it. That, that Bynum was his responsibility is the deep safety on that side of the field was don't let the deep guy behind you. But Turns out schematically that the job of the cornerback on that side was stick with the guy. So, I mean, Bynum did his job on that play. Uh, Dantzler did not. And, yeah, I mean, the the cornerbacks have not acquitted themselves well to this point. Neither Peterson nor Dantzler. Um, the lucky thing in this game, it's a part of the reason why I like this matchup for the Vikings. The first game against the Packers, the Packers do not have a good receiving core. They acquitted themselves much better in that game. Second game, the Eagles have a really good receiving core. The defense did not acquit itself well at all. The Lions do not have a good receiving core. They have the one solid receiver in Amon Rasein Brown. But again, his game is efficiency. It's not explosion. So, I mean, is he going to be eating the Vikings lunch downfield, taking advantage of that downfield? I don't think so. Could, 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 he, could he catch the ball 11 times if they don't make some – 
some changes and, and start, you know, trying to account for him in the intermediate sector? He might. Yeah. But I mean, is he going to get 170 yards? I don't think so either way. So, I mean, it, it's a different thing. They don't have other guys that can hurt them as well. I, I would suggest trying to target Hawkinson a little bit more if, if you're the Lions, but the other guys on that roster, you're just not afraid of them hurting you. Yeah, going back to Dancer, he was obviously benched in the third quarter too in a failure in um exchange for Caleb Evans, the rookie getting in. And it sounds like there's hints that Caleb Evans might see some more time on Sunday. Do you guys think that uh Kevin O'Connell and and crew are going to stick with that and say, "Hey, Cam, you got to sit for a little bit, Dancer, by the way. Cam Dancer, you need to sit for a little bit um in favor of Evans just kind of get that message because again, some of the mistakes that he is making for a guy that is so highly thought of and and a guy that everybody was very excited coming out of camp with um you know, maybe he needs to have that time of reflection and be like, we're, we got to just chill for a minute. I don't think that he has played as bad overall as perhaps that idea would indicate. I, you do have to modulate it a bit by in your head, assigning that blown coverage for that long touchdown to him as opposed to Bynum. But I mean, PFF grades, they're not everything, you know, you have to preface this every time when you bring that them up. But Cam Dantzler right now is the highest graded Viking defender by PFF, not in the secondary overall. Mm -hmm. Uh, He hasn't in coverage grade. He's the highest as well. I I don't think overall he's been he's been awful. Um, Peterson, I've been more concerned with in in the cornerback group. Um, I'm not ready to throw the baby out with the bathwater with Cam Dantzler. That is a great, where do you get these? Like, where did you just pull that little doodad analogy from? I I think, I think that one was from the Bible. Maybe. I don't know. Baby and bathwater. I've heard that a couple times this week. It truly is a great saying. Yeah. Yeah. What is that? That's just very, it feels very old school. (laughs) I don't, I don't even know. Obviously the other player to watch on the Detroit lions, Aiden Hutchinson, the number two overall pick for Detroit. Uh, You watched him in hard knocks as you watched everybody. One of my favorites seems like a good dude. Um, You know, how do you think he's going to do how many, or are we thinking he's going to get as many sacks as he's been doing? On Kirk Cousins, you think he busts through there because he's the exact type of player that's capable of doing it? Well, I do have to say, first off, Jesse, arguably your most controversial take on the pod to this point was liking <laughs> the Hutchinson family on they Hard Knocks. so cool. Like, I don't I know, I don't know about that. Again, they were all beautiful, that. too. I was like, what yeah. is this? Like, seemed, yeah. seemed a little swarmy to, to <laughs> Thor. Well, I, I didn't like the Hutchinson family. But, but anyway, I mean, to each their own. To each yeah. their own. Um, yeah. as, as far as Aiden Hutchinson, no. He, he will not keep up the production that he's, he's had for the first couple of games. He got lucky on a couple of those sacks. Uh, you know, I'm not saying that, you know, I mean, overall, whatever, but he, he re- objectively ran into a couple of those snaps. It's, it's going to happen. You know, I mean, he, he's a hell of a player and effort is going to get you production. It, it helps out, you know, you make your own luck, et cetera. But I mean, the, the amount of sacks he got into this point, he ran into a couple of those. And I, I don't think that that's going to happen against the, the, the newly formed uh, mobility of Kirk cousins. You're going to go back to the week one with the mobility. Which Kirk are we seeing in week three? Let's talk about that. Cause we saw, oh. we commented week one Remember, I was like, <laughs> all right, choo choo. Let's hop on that Kirk train, baby. Let's go where he's moving in the pocket. Like, what is this? And then you saw everything that people hate about Kirk Cousins come roaring back in against Philadelphia. So again, what Kirk are we getting? And that's the problem. There has to be a consistency. There's got to be a, there's just, he's just very up middle, mediocre. Like, what are we going to do? What are you going to do with Kirk this week? 
If I was a betting man, I would bet a lot of cash on will get good Kirk Cousins because these are the games that he does exceedingly well in. It's a noon game. It's on a Sunday. It's against a divisional opponent. It's at home. It's a team that will likely finish below 500. I think he's set up to play well. And I'm to the point I thought about this after the or after the Eagles game with Kirk Cousins. Nothing ever really surprises me. I, I now being fully removed from the Eagles game, I'm still more upset at how the defense came out soft and seemingly no showed that anything I saw from Kirk Cousins because we've seen that before and I don't ever expect him to be any different. Thank and I've always said if. If you got Kirk Cousins in his mid-30s and you're expecting him to be different at this point, that's on you. That's not on the rest of us. And again, not saying you can't win that way with Kirk Cousins. I believe you can, but you got to be willing to go with the ups and downs. This week, I do believe, will be an up. Yeah, throw the baby out with the bathwater on Kirk Cousins. (laughs) Yeah, go with that one. Lest we forget also... That last year's Detroit-Minnesota game, which resulted in a Minnesota 19-17 win, was the classic Zimmer-Cousins shove-off that uh, maybe there's a little bit of animosity still left in Cousins' head. He's going to think everyone out there is Mike Zimmer. Who knows? Which actually leads me to our second They Said It for the week. Um, Adam Adam Thielen on KFAN says, I think it even gave us more confidence when we saw how guys reacted to a tough loss or game. You didn't see guys yelling at each other on the sideline. You didn't see coaches yelling at players. You didn't see any negativity in the locker room after the game or on the plane. So again, going back to that culture, you guys, and I know we've talked about it, beat the the horse dead. I get it. But also part of me wants them to get a little pissed off, right? Like part of like, that was my kind of concern with Kevin O'Connell. Was he going to be a little bit too timid to, yep, we're all buddies. We're going to do this. Do you think he's done enough to still keep that anger? And again, these are all professional athletes. They're competitive. They want to win. So of course people are pissed off, but you can't hold on to the anger. There's a balance, but do we think, and I'm going to say the word that men, especially, I know y'all hate. Do you think Kevin O'Connell's soft? Like, do you think he's a little too soft sometimes? Soft? (laughs) Absolutely not. Okay. Just say, I'm just devil's advocate. Just starting the conversation. Just, you know, seeing what's up. Yeah, do you know how mentally tough you have to be to, like, climb up from where he came up, like, to San Diego State, get drafted, third round by the Patriots, have a have an NFL career when you have some limitations, like, at, with athleticism, arm strength, and then carve out a coaching career like he did and to, to get to where he is. He's a very mentally tough guy. You don't need to lead men by shouting at them. These guys are all professionals. Every day they're fighting for their livelihood. Like, I I think the false masculinity is just screaming at people because you don't have anything to say. You bring someone into your office and you say, look, man, I've identified these three different things where if you modulate it just a little bit, I think we can improve your performance by 12%. It's going to make intuitive sense to the guy you're sitting across from. Well, one great example of this, and it's even a, a guy that's even further on this polarity than Kevin O'Connell, that you'd look at him and you'd be like, he's even not softer, but you know, like a word like that is Mike McDaniel of the Dolphins. His entire career, people were like, he's weird, he's quirky, you know, like he, he does not have a football personality, but the guy's an effing genius. He didn't have to yell at anybody. He would just be, watch film like a maniac and, he, you know, Yale uh, uh, educated and everything like that. He saw the game differently and he talked to people with respect, you know, where, mm-hmm. and they knew he was coming from the right place and he would bring them actual intelligence about their game. He's mm-hmm. actually trying to help them coming from a different perspective and he would help them out. 
you know, they saw that. We've talked about this before on Before We Die. It was logical to get to a coach like Kevin O'Connell. And guess what? When O'Connell's gone in 15 years after he wins multiple Super Bowls, yeah. the next coach, more with than likely. Vikings, let's, you should with probably, the Vikings. Yeah, with <laughs> okay. the Vikings. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. You're sure. always, like that, you're, yeah. you're always going to do the opposite more often than not of what you just had. So if it doesn't work out with KOC or it does, more than likely when his son has set here and he moves on, the Vikings are going to go back to a coach that's a bit more a bit more stern, maybe doesn't give you as much, but that's okay. Look at the history of the NFL. All types of coaches have won. You just need a coach that can deliver the message to his group of players. Sometimes that's a rah-rah guy. Sometimes that's a screamer. Sometimes it's somebody who's right in the middle. What kind of coach do you think I would be? I feel like I would be rah rah. Yeah. Oh no, you're rah rah. Mm-hmm. Okay. That's not, that's not how Jesse coaches me. <laughs> I'm brutal. I'm in there like you suck. You know it. Yeah, Get off my field. It, there's a lot of psychological warfare in the way Jesse we, coaches me. We yeah. should point out uh, between you two, it was a. Uh, uh, I think we talked about on the actual pod who would be first in the room this week. I- uh, it uh, was Thor, yep. and no. Jesse was prove Jesse it. Roll was, the tape. Can't prove it. Prove it. Jesse was so upset that before I let her in the room, yeah. we Thor and I could both see her log in, and she immediately dropped. I her didn't head even because... fix the hair. I didn't even fix the outfit. I got back from training camp. I was down at Tria all day for uh, Minnesota Wild day one of training camp. Got in my car, zoomed up here, tossed on this beauty of a jacket, and here I am. And I was it like, is no. A nice it's a Jesse, great I never, I never would have called you out, Jesse. I know. Uh, yeah, no respect from our producer over there. This is the <laughs> second time I felt disrespected. Phil will be hearing from me uh, shortly after this. <laughs> hey, Je- Jesse, can, you know, you always get to do the segments. I would like to do my own segment right now, if that's okay with you. I'd like to spring this on people. I mean, I feel like you're going to do it anyway. So, well, yeah. I, I am. I'm, I'm now I, commandeering the show. Yeah. This new segment is called Thor's Hammers. I'm, I'm going to introduce a prop that, that is available for the upcoming game. I'm going to toss it to you guys. We're going to get these picks on record and we're going to see how we do. Are you guys okay. ready? I'm okay. in. So, I like it. Okay. We're, we're starting with uh, uh, passing. We're, we're going to start with passing touchdowns. Okay. So I, I want picks on both these guys from you guys. Jared Goff is set at a touchdown and a half and Kirk Cousins is set at two and a half touchdowns. Are you going over or under? For each or for both? For each. Like- I, I want picks on both of them. Goff, I'm going over. Kirk, I'm going over. Okay, over one and a half for Goff and over yeah. two and a half for Cousins. Okay, Ross? Yeah, I'd back that up because I think this is like a 30 to 20, 31, 23 victory for the Vikings. Okay. Yep. Yeah. So now we're going to go to passing yards. Um, th- these might be harder to remember. Jared Goff is 245 and a half. Jesse, are you going over or under? Under. Under? Okay, yeah. Ross? Yeah, I'll take the under. U.S. Under. Bank's hard to play. You okay. just copying me. <laughs> Kirk, Kirk Cousins is uh, significantly higher. He's 288 and a half. Jesse, over or under? Under. Okay. I'll Ross? take the over to be different. Show me, <laughs> Give me the Delvin numbers. I want the Delvin yeah, numbers. Yeah, Ross, you can go first on the next one. Okay. For the Delvin numbers, pulling up the rushing yards. Delvin rushing Del- yards is 78 and a half. Over or under, Ross? I'm going to go over because he largely has not been a part of the offense at all the first two weeks of the season, and I think they're going to force feed him 
to make oh, that happen. I like that theory. I like, I like that. that. I'm going Jesse? under because Detroit has linebacker Alex Anzalone, who is good at stopping the run game. And I think they're aware that Delvin's going to get fed or Alex Madison. Um, so I'm going to go under. That guy's got great flow too. Anzalone. Right? Yeah. Um, okay. I want to wait. Let's see. Oh, they don't have, uh, for some reason, they don't have DeAndre Swift up. But they, they have a Jared Goff over under rush. He, he's at two and a half, but they don't have DeAndre Swift on the book right now. That's two and a half yards for Jared Goff yeah, rushing. For his rushing yards. Yeah. They even That's have a cousin. Cousins is three and a half. Do you guys want to pick the over unders for those two? I mean, oh, I'll take the e. I'll take the over on both. Yeah. yeah. They'll both they'll both scramble for you some should yards. Smash that. Yeah. Like you're <laughs> okay, an NFL quarterback. Like, what do you I want yeah. you guys on record with the Jefferson over under his receiving yards this week, 96 and a half over or under over. Ross will serve. Okay. Jesse's over Ross. Yeah. I'm really trying to think about my other uh, bets here. Uh, yeah. I'll go. I'll go. Well, if I took Kirk over 288, did I, I think I did. I already forgot. Yeah. I'll take the over. That's the a over. lot of offense though. If you're telling me that means Delvin's essentially going to run for a hundred yards and Jefferson's going to catch a hundred. It's a lot mm-hmm. of offense. Mm-hmm. I, I guess uh, they must not have a line for Swift because he's I, I assume he's going to play, but I, I think he was limited in practice. But I, I don't think there's any question he's going to play. Yeah. Um, Thor's hammers. Ankle. That, like Thor's that. hammers. There's the first the first uh, Thor's, hammers. Thor's hammers. I like that. Yeah. I love it. In fact, which I won't give you credit for much, but I'll give you credit <laughs> for that. Proud of you. you. Even though it interrupted a really good segue since we were talking about disrespect and I want a quick touch on the quote-unquote disrespect Irv Smith Jr. is doing on Randy Moss and the number 84. Mm -hmm. Um, As you all know, Randy Moss has been inducted into the Ring of Honor. Vikings do not retire jersey numbers anymore, which I do think is silly because Randy Moss, without question, should be the reason that 84 is no longer worn. 17 different Vikings have worn the number 84. Cordell Patterson, who love him, hate him, I don't know, one of your better uh, punt returners, uh, was the last to wear it in 2013-16. Are we all hating on Irv Smith Jr. now for wearing 84? Do we think he's putting some dirt, uh, dirty, dirtiness, dirt on uh, on those digits? No, I only hate Irv because he's not a good player. But he, they shouldn't have anyone <laughs> wear 84. Wow. I mean, the, the the retiring jerseys thing where it gets absurd is where they start retiring all of them. You know, some of the colleges do this where it's like 50 numbers are retired. There should only be like, you know, eight or nine. It should be super duper special occasions. Number 84 for the Minnesota Vikings should absolutely never be worn again. Because it's one of those where you get the association in your head. It's not fair to the guys who come after that. That one should have been done. Mm -hmm. Sunset that thing right after Randy's done. Man's a legend. Shouldn't be worn again. Especially fair to unfair to Irv. Yeah, I actually was just going to say the same thing that you just finished with, Thor. Look, we could poke fun at him for what should have been a, a dropped walk-in or what should have been an easy catch walk-in touchdown. Christian Watson, touchdown. we call it. Yeah, yeah a Christian, Christian Watson. Watson. I like we, can, we can make fun of him for the Christian Watson, and he should have caught that ball, and it should have been a touchdown. However, it's a bit of a disservice to him that the franchise would allow him to wear that number. Also a bit of a disservice on his own that he would choose that number or not know who also wore it before. Mm-hmm. You should just switch to 83, 85 or whatever numbers available. Literally I'm also not, I'm not willing to entirely give up on Irv Smith, but I think we're getting to the point now in his career. And I know it's only been two games this year, but I think we're getting to the point now where he just kind of is what he is. He'll, he'll play sometimes. He's going to miss some games. He might make some plays. 
He'll show some flashes of brilliance, but I don't really know if you can count on him for anything of significance. Maybe that narrative will change the rest of this year. Well, you can't count on him if you can't catch the ball. Can't catch the but ball. I, right but I don't know. Right in those I, 84 I, numbers. Yeah. I, I think uh, the rest of the year is going to be very pivotal. 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 Wow, that was weird. Yeah. Pivotal to how much money Irv Smith can make in his career. He's got to finish strong this year. And is it just a disappointment? Because again, everybody was so excited. Again, another great training camp for him. Yes, here it comes. And then it's just nothing like nothing. I mean, and it does, it feels like this is the year it's like, all right, make your, we're good. Hey, good. What? At one point on Monday, he had two catches for three yards and a touchdown. Talk, go. talk yeah. about stretching the field. Kithy over under <laughs> question. Can you guys name anybody else in Vikings history that wore number 84? Oh, like outside of Randy. Outside of, and outside of Cordo, huh? Another tight end wore 84 for a bit. Got two tight I, ends, I think. Yeah. I remember Steve Jordan didn't wear 84, did he? You know, it's funny. My Carlester Crumpler did Carlester Crumpler wear 84? Oh, from the past, one of the greatest nope. names in team history. Nope. Uh, there was one who used to be a serious deep threat. Wait, 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 wait. You said you said two tight ends. Yes. Okay. Can I? I'm gonna. I'm gonna do. I want to take a shot. Andrew Glover. Uh, nope. Okay. How about one that had exactly one catch in his Vikings career? Chris uh, Herndon. No. <laughs> <laughs> he had exactly one catch against. I think the Packers. There are so many people right watching on YouTube right like now, you just screaming. So Gene Washington names. was the first one I was thinking of. And then uh, Hassan Jones, Anthony. Car- oh, Anthony Carter. No, I got my his Anthony Carter jersey. It's not 84. Um, Tony Bland, right before Moss. Andre Allison, Michael Jenkins, Steve Craig. Andre Carroll Allison. Mm-hmm. Wow. 2007 to 2008, exactly one season. Jake Carroll, Dwight Collins, Sam McCollum, Steve Craig. Oscar Donahue, Dave Middleton, Eric Guilford, James Brim. I don't think I said Yeah, we should just retire that number. Retire the number. Not (laughs) only for Moss, but for all the greats that came before him. Exactly. Retire that thing. Well, because you know me, guys. I'm always in on my segue. Uh, Speaking of retiring numbers, that is going to be my segue into our Before We Die. I'm going to go first. Before I die, Kirill Kaprizov's jersey will be retired by the minnesota wild being only the second jersey arguably should have been the first i don't need to get into the love miko koivu that jersey shouldn't have been retired but whatever uh krill kaprizov's number will be hanging from the rafters before i die you before, I like thor, thor's like i don't even know who krill kaprizov is but i, I uh, do know who that one is I, I don't know any of the other guys but i i do yeah. know who krill Kru- good I turn into, into you, Jesse, when I'm trying to pronounce hockey names. I, See, and those, they're hard. They're super yeah. hard. But, Kirill, yeah. Say it, say it with me, Thor. Yeah. Kirill Kaprizov. 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 I'll go I'll You got to teach me the other players after that. In, this, <laughs> in the spirit of the Lions and the cooler weather, my before we die, because the NFL loves taking over, they love ruining tradition. As much as I love the NFL, they do. The Lions and Cowboys will play each other oh. on Thanksgiving before we die. And I'll cry. I'll cry. I'm adamantly opposed to the third game. Thanks, Even though the Vikings are in it this year, Thanksgiving should be a bad Lions game and an okay Cowboys game, and that's it. 
or one of the one any combination of the two right because it could be a bad cowboys game too well it could be i'm just saying historically for most of my 36 years on this planet fair thor what do you got before we die and even if we all died on monday this would be the case the vikings will be in sole possession of first place in the nfc north okay yeah the, the Vikings are going to win on Sunday. The Packers are going to lose to the Buccaneers, and the Bears are going to lose to the Giants. Okay. And the Vikings like will be I, sitting atop of the NFC North. where they You know, don't, don't take this the wrong way, Jesse, but I figured between the three of us, you <laughs> would be the biggest homer. Turns out it's Thor. I'm not really? all, I, all my predictions about the Vikings turn out you to be clearly, right. How am I you clearly do not watch any of my wild takes because I am hating on that team constantly. And uh, yeah, I don't let me be proven wrong one time before I become the homer. Just, just allow it to be happen one time. Will it count Jeepers. that you were wrong if in fact they don't blow out Detroit, which I still, still think is an egregious thought. Like no way they blow them out. Like Detroit is not that bad. Vikings are winning by double digits against Detroit. I mean, people, half the NFL uh, insiders have selected Detroit as upsetting this week. They're going to be outsiders after that game. <laughs> hey guys, tune Socious. in twice a week. There's more of us every single That was week a John on- Travolta joke. On Purple Daily and oh, Socha's, yeah, yeah, Socha's, and oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, anyway, great, great book. Stay Uh, future, yeah, (laughs) stay golden, pony boy. Yeah, there you go. Uh, (laughs) I like that one, Jesse. Thank you. Um, no, you can catch all of our hilarious antics each and every week on the Purple Daily YouTube channel on Score North. Uh, again, before we die, I'm Jesse Pierce, Thor Nystrom, Russ Brendel. Episodes Mondays and Thursdays covering all your Vikings needs and wants and the things that you don't want to hear about, but we're here anyway to do it. So you guys rock. Drop your comments below. Let's stir the pot up. Tell us who you, if you think 84 needs to be retired um, and uh, tell us how much better the Cyclones are than the Hawkeyes. Mm-hmm. Woo! Okay, have a great day. Bye. Skull, guys.